hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. I am your host, Danny, And with me today, I am so excited to announce Bill G. Williams is joining us to talk about his new book, Your Electric Life. And in this episode, my, I was on the edge of my seat, number one. Everything he was saying was resonating in every single part of my soul. And so in this, in this episode, we talk about his 12 micro steps to living your electric life. And the first couple of micro steps start out with awareness, becoming self-aware, not self-absorbed, knowing emotional intelligence and emotional awareness. And then it goes into living with brilliance. And I love all of these micro steps. And then we end with going deep and the micro steps around that about giving and being self full. I love that one being self full and not selfless or selfish, but learning how to fill your cup up and uh, also about giving and living in a state of giving. So for you guys, I was just, I was like, Bill, did we just become best friends? Because I think we did. <laughs> and I think we're kindred spirits. And so he wrote this amazing book. He's also a speaker. So he's a speaker and an author. He does executive coaching and leadership development. And um, this is a powerful, energetic, inspirational, electric human being. And I am so excited for you guys to listen to this podcast. And I know with every being, with every part of my being that you're going to take something away from this podcast. And even if, and I totally encourage you to get the book, check it out, billgwilliams.com. And you'll be able to find out more about him. And of course, get the book. And he said, it's like 157 or 154 pages. So it's, it's not a, a huge read, but I am promising you, even after listening to this podcast, you will be able to take stuff away immediately and begin implementing it into your own life and start living more electrified more energetic, more inspirational, more connected to yourself and the universe and everything. So Bill, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I enjoyed every single second of getting to talk with you. I wish you all the best in your book release. And I hope you grace some of the biggest stages in the world. And so people can hear all of your ideas and your inspiration and feel your energy and where you come from and everybody else listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if, again, if you want to get more from Bill, check him out at billgwilliams.com. Okay. Enjoy the show. Okay. And just a quick word about conscious champion. Cause you guys know, I'm going to talk about, just bear with me for a second. I have some amazing, exciting news coming up and I've had to record this a couple of times because I get really excited and just go on and on. So I'm going to try to condense this and just say our mastermind is coming to a close and it's super bittersweet. We've had the most amazing five months together, uh, discovering who we are and what we want and how to optimize our mind, body, and spirit. And then also coming up in June, is the first ever conscious champion retreat. It's called spirit walk and it's happening in Colorado, June 10th through the 15th. And we are going to be discovering all new sides of ourselves, pushing our comfort zones a little bit, doing white water rafting and zip lining, and also push, pushing the comfort zones within us doing breath work and a ceremonial hike in hot springs. And we have an ambient sound meditation set up. We'll of course be doing yoga and meditation, um, and discovering nature and connecting to the elements, earth, air, fire, water. And, you know, we end our retreat together with a full moon ceremony, cacao and in a static dance. And I do have a DJ coming. So it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a beautiful way to dance and integrate and become and connect to 
you know, the reflection of ourselves that we got to see over these five days together. So you guys, so much exciting stuff is happening. And I'm just, I'm trying to keep my excitement at bay here, if you can tell. Um, but I'm really excited for conscious champion and all that's to come. And I do have a couple spots left on the retreat, maybe like one or two. I've had a lot of maybes, but again, it's first come first serve. And we're about six weeks out, five weeks out from it. So if you have any interest in that, in the retreat or the programs I have coming up in the fall, please email me. So I know that you're serious. And if you want to set up a connection call, I am so happy to do that. Uh, email me at Danny at Danny And I'd be happy to talk with you about any of this and all of it, maybe none of it. <laughs> if there's any way that I could help you and serve in any way, I'm happy to do that. Um, and maybe even if you're interested in being on the podcast, let me know. Yeah, I'm totally open to all anything. So, all right. That is it for now. Enjoy this amazing podcast with me and Bill Williams about his Electric Life book. And again, I highly suggest checking it out. So check out that, check out Conscious Champion, enjoy the episode. And hopefully I'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> okay. Peace and love, everybody. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the call. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Danny, absolutely my pleasure. I'm so pumped to be here with you right now. Oh, me too. Me too. Oh my gosh. So I, I feel like I have so many questions and so much excitement to talk to you today. So we're going to talk about your book that just got released like less than a month ago. Right. Um, and I want to know, I want to know first your intention for writing it. What was the story about where did it come from inside of you? And, um, and then we'll get into the details of it. Cause I think it's going to be really great for a lot of my listeners to listen to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, every time I speak, Danny, people have always said to me, you need to write a book. Now that sort of started two decades ago. So it's been a long gestation period for this book to be born. I'm telling you, it's absolutely crazy. It started off as Bill's bucket of energy. And then it became um, energy to live. And the publishers were like, that is not going to sell. And they came up with big energy. And I'm like, that's not going to sell. And so finally, it became electric life, 12 micro steps to pay attention, be brilliant and go deep. But Denny, here's the thing. You know what? You're talking to this dude, I'm 59 years old, uh, April 5th, which was the date that the book was actually published. So my 59th birthday on the planet, 60th year touring around the sun, and the book came out. But here's what I found. So, so I'm, a, I'm a corporate dude, right? Like, I mean, I've been in the business world my entire career from, gosh, my early 20s, quite frankly, is when I started being a banker. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Now, what's happened in the business community is that we've really clued into this whole great resignation you've probably heard about right now. You've probably seen where people are, you know, the last two years realize they're not happy. They don't like their lives. They don't like their life partner. Like they're checking out of everything. So this book is actually taking employee engagement and turning it upside down. So again, to some of your listeners, employee engagement may not mean anything to them, but in the business world, what we know is that if our people are engaged in the business, they will be happier. And when they're happier, they will work harder. So it's gonna be better for us. Mm -hmm. But here's what the business world decided to do with it. They decided we're gonna send out a survey to all of our employees. We're gonna see how engaged they are based on these same questions every single time. We're going to then get the results. And if you have five or more direct reports, you too will get a personal report that tells you how badly you're doing. 
<laughs> then we'll do a focus group and we'll have some task forces and we'll come up with a strategy. We'll come up with some goals and objectives and we'll create a plan to increase employee engagement. Now, guess what? You know from all of your bodybuilding and everything else that oftentimes when you have goals, unless you truly are personally committed to that goal, it's not going to happen. So Electric Life is taking that employee engagement model and turning it upside down. I wanted to put the power into the people's hands so mm -hmm. that they could read the book and they can decide what they want to do to be more engaged in their life. Because, you know, um, talking each other home for me is really about how do I support you in that journey? I mean, I don't know a ton about it, but that, that's what I take from it, right? Talking each other home. Let's help us find that really sweet spot where we are absolutely at our best. Mm. And so these 12 micro steps are about doing the math on the day in and the day out, because you know, your doctor told you, you only have 24 hours in a day. And your doctor said, Danny, sleep for how many hours? Danny, what would they say? What'd she tell you? Seven. Seven. Oh, wow. Okay. You've got a generous doctor. Most of the doctors to keep the math simple, eight hours a day, right? Uh -huh. Now, if you had a, a day job, you know, something just to pay the rent, put some food on the table, you know, your boss tells you you're supposed to work how many hours a day? Eight, eight hours again, right? And so if we take 24, subtract the eight for the doctor, subtract the eight for your boss, that only leaves you eight hours left to live your life. And if by the time you're finished work, you're exhausted and you don't have any, any energy left to go back and, and do your life, why are you doing what you're doing? So that's a long story, but that's what the book's about. And that's where it really sort of came from. Goodness. I feel like that is so pertinent to what's going on in the world today. Finding more meaning, getting more hours out of your day, taking the little micro steps to help you become your greatest version and like really be engaged with your life and not just sleepwalking, going through the motions of life. Cause that's not what we're here to do. We're here for so much more enjoyment and fulfillment and service and all of it. So I love that. I love your book. I cannot wait to like read the whole thing and implement. It's even something I would like to implement in my own life too. Yeah, please do. Please do, Danny, because the, the other piece of it, you know, I, I didn't want to write, you know, a book, the, the depth and the thickness of war and peace. I mean, like that, that's a thick mother book, right? This is 154 pages. And if you really sat down on the beach in Cape Cod and just wanted to rip through this book, you could do it in 90 minutes. But what I'd invite you to do, Danny, is just maybe, you know, like take one micro step a week and just take, you know, the 15, 20 minutes it would take to read that micro step and then watch for that in your life. See where that begins, because the actual book starts off with a micro step of find your hurricane. And it's really about bringing your whole self to work. And again, sorry for the four letter word work, but, you know, we kind of got to pay the bills. Right. And so it begins with the urban legend of the bumblebee oh. and how, you know, I mean, we need these bumblebees to, you know, live because we know that we're, we're killing them off in, in unbelievable numbers. But the thing that's amazing about a bumblebee is when you look at its body, when you look at its weight and its size and you compare it to its wings, there's no way that a bumblebee should ever be able to fly. But the problem is no one told the bumblebee. And bumblebees don't actually flap their wings. They rotate their wings in a circular pattern, which creates a hurricane all around them that lifts them up. So then they can go and do what they need to do. So my question to you, Danny, is today, what's lifting you up? Oh. Well, this podcast is right now in this moment. Um, and my work conscious champion, that's my yeah. hurricane right now. Yeah, be aware, right? And so that's going to rise you up so you can do what it is that you need to do with your life. Yeah. yeah.
<laughs> oh, I love that. I in the bee, that was just such a sweet thing. And nobody told the bee that it won't be able to fly. So it did anyway. You know what? How many things have you done that you thought you wouldn't be able to do? And in the end, you know what? Damn it, you can do it. You yep. can make it happen. Okay, awesome. So so that's how the book starts off is finding yeah. your hurricane. What what lifts yeah. you up is the yeah. kind of okay. Yeah. So the first part of the book is really about paying attention and it's paying attention and having that emotional awareness of, mm -hmm. of what, if you will, you know, really lets you rise uh, and, and that self-awareness. I mean, many of us are self-absorbed, mm -hmm. but I don't know that many of us are self-aware. And so really begin with that emotional intelligence and, and, and see how you can tune into your own self and what it is that is important to you. Can you tell the, what's the difference between self-absorbed and self-aware? Just so people who are listening, maybe they're like, man, I feel like I'm a little self-absorbed, but I'm not sure. Well, here's a quick and easy example. And so this is from a dear friend of mine, Dr. Tasha Yurok. She wrote a book called Insight, which is really about deeper levels. She's found unicorns of people that really know that they are self-aware. And so, you know, the simple question is, are you a good driver? Yeah, I, I am, I think. Of course, Yeah. <laughs> 98% of your listeners think they're good drivers drive next to them. <laughs> so the difference between self-absorbed is that you're the only driver on the road. And yes, you're a brilliant driver. You're a great driver, but ask everybody else that's around you on the road. And they're going, yeah, you're a self-absorbed road driver because it's only about you. You know, like how many times has somebody cut you off in traffic and all of a sudden you get to a traffic signal, a light, the red light, and they're one car in front of you. Did that really help you? So, so self-absorbed is, is really about, everything is in and around you. The whole world revolves around you. Mm -hmm. Self-aware is tapping into your emotions and realizing what you feel. So, so for me, if I, if I could um, take emotional intelligence and just break it down into three simple steps. Yeah. The very first step is, how are you right now? Danny, in this now moment, how do you feel? Now, when I first was asked that question, th this is micro step number three, actually, called fine is not a feeling. I love it. And it's really the art of figuring out what you feel. So I was married to my high school sweetheart, beautiful woman, amazing woman. Danny, what I didn't realize, I'm gay. Yeah. So <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie. So after that relationship ended naturally on its own, and I discovered that, that maybe I wasn't meant to be married to a woman, um, I started seeing a, a psychologist and she asked me, Bill, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. And she's like, Bill, fine is not a feeling. How, how do you really feel? And I'm like, uh, fine. And she's like, give me happy, sad, glad, mad, or angry. How, how do you feel? And I was like, whoa, I, Danny, I couldn't pick happy, sad, glad, mad, or angry. I was just numb. Fine was numb to me. So when I ask people now, how are you? Just give me a simple, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down day? That's really all I'm asking. That's step number one. Mm -hmm. Step number two how much of that are you feeling? So if it's a thumbs up day, are you okay? Are you fine? Are you good? Are you gritty? Woohoo! Run up and down the halls, high-fiving people. If it's a thumbs down day, how bad a day is it? Are you okay? Are you fine? 
Notice the difference between a thumbs up fine and a thumbs down fine. If you're in an intimate relationship with somebody and they give you a thumbs down fine, you know, walk away slowly, right, Danny? It's like, don't ask anymore. Or maybe you do ask for how much do you love this person right now? So again, thumbs down bad. Are you okay? Are you fine? Is it bad? Is it brutal? Do you need to go take a kickboxing class right now? Like that's how bad your day is. So let's just recap real quick. Question one, thumbs up, thumbs down. Question two, how much of that? But here's the bigger thing and the difference between self-absorbed and self-aware. What's the impact you have on other people when you're feeling that emotion to that degree? So now it's moving into that service perspective that you talk about, right? And so am I being of service to this room? Uh, Really uh, in four steps, if you will, or or the four S's of emotional intelligence is, are you self-aware? Do you self-regulate? So now that you're self-aware, you self-regulate. And then there's the social awareness and the social regulation. So, you know, it's like reading the room and then not saying that inappropriate thing in the room. So that's a pretty big nut. It's a walnut or maybe a coconut, (laughs) but in a nutshell, that's what I'm talking about with self-absorbed versus self-aware. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. I'm sure people listening right now, they're like, how do I feel today? Am I a thumbs up or am I a thumbs down? And I like that too. How do you impact the room you're in? Because I don't think people realize it. And I think about it like vibration and maybe you do as well, but what we're emitting, like we have an electromagnetic frequency all around us and like people, several feet, they can feel us whether they're conscious or unconscious of it. So that's even a good thing to think about too, is how am I impacting the people that I'm around? Even when you go into the grocery store, I like to think, I like to do it in a positive way. So mm-hmm. I'll consciously try to elevate the cashier or the, or the person at the gas station. So I try to do that, but it's interesting to think about it the other way too, is when people are around you are in a bad mood. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, and, and so remember with that though, Danny, too, what we were also talking about is how, what, what's the percentage of our body that's actually water? I think it's like in the nineties or something, right? Yeah. It's big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's big. And remember the study that was done around people and water that was frozen when people were generating positive energy and how beautiful each and every one of those crystals was, but yet when there was negative energy in the room, remember the, the crystallization almost became like abnormalities. They became really quite ugly. And so I am totally with you. I will walk down the street radiating my energy and I will see how many people can I get eye contact with and how many people will actually smile in response to me. So I almost gamify my life to see how much positive energy can I actually spread out into the universe right now? Yeah. Same, same. I do that too. I'll like, like, in a, you know, when we wore masks, it was really tough for me for a while because I couldn't smile. So I would try to do it with my eyes. Yeah. I would try to like I'm smiling at you through my mask. <laughs> um, same. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm. Okay, so that's a really big thing to start with. And with my um, master mind as well, we started with awareness because I think awareness is like one of the biggest things. Even if you stopped at awareness, that's a pretty good place to be because a lot of people aren't aware of what's going on. So I think awareness, it's really cool that your book starts with that as the first micro step. Um, yeah. And then we talked about the third one. So what's between awareness and. Oh, I love this one. So this one is choose your balloon is the second micro step. And it's the art of making your own luck, if you will. And so it's really taking a look at circumstances and situations. And it begins every micro step sort of begins with a fable or a story. And then it's all backed up with research and science and data. But this one is a story. um, It is an Asian story. And it really is about a farmer who has a horse and a son. 
And all of a sudden, one day their horse runs away and everybody in the village says, oh, what bad luck. And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then the next day the horse comes back, but it actually brings back three wild horses with it. And everybody in the neighborhood says, oh my gosh, what good luck. And the farmer says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then his son goes to try to, if you will, you know, um, break one of the horses, you know, like, like make it so it can plow his fields and is comfortable in the bridle and the harnesses and everything it's going to need to plow the fields. But when he's trying to calm the horse down, the horse actually bucks him off and he breaks his leg. And everybody in the village says, oh, what bad luck. And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then all of a sudden, the emperor's army comes through the village because they're about to go to war. Mm -hmm. And every able-bodied man, they take away to be in the army. But because his son had a broken leg, they didn't take him away. And so the village says, what good luck? And he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? So in the end, actually, we sort of create our own luck. And choose your balloon is that if you've ever gone to a kid's birthday party, right? And maybe you get there a little bit early, Danny, and your friend says, hey, help me decorate, you know, help me blow up these balloons. Well, well, you take that beautiful, your favorite color balloon out of the package. And you know how that rubber sort of smells that very first time that you blow up that balloon, and you stretch it, and you stretch it, take all the energy in your lungs and you blow it and finally the balloon pops and you keep blowing it and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You go to try to tie it and all of a sudden it falls out of your hands and it flaps around the room and falls to the ground that balloon will never return to its original shape and size ever again. Mm. And I believe that your mind once stretched by a new idea will never return to its original shape and size again. So you choose your balloon, you choose how your mind looks at these different opportunities in your life. Is it good luck? Is it bad luck? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, <laughs> I really like that um, visual about the balloon being stretched and it never returns back to it. Cause sometimes like once you go through, you know, an awakening, if you will, sometimes it's hard to go back to sleep after, you know, and have felt some of the things that you felt. It just it doesn't go back all the way asleep. Even if you try, you're still on the path. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. That's the perfect time to meditate, right? Like you're on that journey. You're on that path. What does this really mean to me? Why is this significant? Why is it important? So, so those are all the micro steps to really paying attention uh, to what's going on in your life. And, and really, Danny, if you will, it's also about accepting responsibility for your life. Mm. You know, uh, I really, I love my Angela. And uh, one of my favorite quotes is do the very best you can until you know better. And when you know better, do better. But Danny, I also have a bit of a challenge with Maya. One of her quotes is people won't remember what you said. And people may not remember what you did, but she shares with us, people will always remember how you made them feel. That's where I have to take a time out, Maya. I wish I could talk with her about this. I wish that I could get her spirit energy to talk with her about this, because I believe that I'm responsible for all of my own emotions. I choose my emotions. You don't make me feel anything. Now, Danny, today when I'm with you, I feel incredibly joyous. I feel happy. I feel uplifted. I feel spiritual. I'm loving the rainbow behind you. So, you know, but that's how I choose to feel right now as well. And so just accept responsibility for, you know, let the hurricane rise you up, choose your thoughts and remember that fine is not a feeling. So, so what are you, how do you really feel right now? And to not allow the outer world to impact your feelings. You can choose to feel how you want to feel. 
And that's a huge practice in itself to not let the outer world impact your feelings and how you feel. That is huge mm-hmm. and something to be working on daily. Cause that, you know, even, and, and if you think getting too excited, like getting so, you know, swept away by the highs of life and by the lows of life, it's kind of keeping that, you know, what yoga teaches us is like the equanimous mind, never mm-hmm. going too high or too low, but kind of being equal and who knows, Good. back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and balance. But here's the other thing too, for me, Danny, is that I really appreciate my bad days. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. When I, when I have a bad day it, without it, my good days, aren't good days. My good days are just neutral and neutral is the new negative. Right. And then even my neutral days are awesome because they just let me see my amazing days. Those days that are absolutely incredible that I am, you know, maybe a little bit too high without that differentiation everything's just sort of flat line. And if I took you to the general hospital, you had a flat line, what would they tell you? Yeah, you're dead. Here's your black plastic bag. Enjoy the rest of your journey. If you believe in the afterlife. Right. And so I do, Um, but at the same point in time, it's like, no, I choose my life and I'm living it fully large. Yeah. Large. Awesome. (laughs) So um, okay. So we went through like the first three years and now there's 12 of them. There's 12 micro steps. Mm-hmm. So the next next part we go into is about being brilliant. Uh, you know, so shine bright like a diamond. If you think about it, you know, how do you shine brilliantly? How does the true Danny come out all the time? And so, you know, now that you've got that self awareness, if you will, from paying attention, the the next micro step number four is about really getting plugged in. And so it's really the art art of tapping into your own potential. And you're the only one that limits your potential. I mean, you were a world caliber bodybuilder, right? Are you today? No, but that doesn't matter. The point was that you tapped into your potential. You pushed it as far. If somebody said you could only really build, I don't know, how how big did your bicep get at the biggest? Do you remember the measurement? I don't remember the measurement. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh. Let's say it was 17 inches. I don't know. Is yeah. that big? I don't know. Let's say it was seven. But I mean, somebody might have said, no, Danny, the best you can do is 16. No, no, no. Nobody can tell you what your potential is. You decide what your potential is. And then you push yourself for that. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool that you say that because I, so I'm, I'm five feet tall on stage. I was 115 pounds. Like I, if you look at my stats, there's nowhere in there that says, um, second place in the world bodybuilding, like, no, Hello. Yep. but, but right. So if anybody had told me, oh no, you have to be five, four, you have to weigh in at 150. But I didn't even let that into my awareness because I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I did it really well being the smallest, one of the smallest people on that stage. Um, so that was, that's a really cool thing to think about is, you know, not letting anybody tell you your potential. That's something that's within you and that's to be discovered. Yeah. And, and even from that potential as well, right. All you need to do is to take one step forward on the stage and now perspective wise, you would look just as tall as somebody who's a step back from you. So when you're ready to give that big pose, just take that one step forward. And then now all of a sudden you're not five, two, you're five, four, or you appear to be the same height as everybody else, because it's about perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Perspective. It's that. And I never felt super short until I saw the pictures and I was a whole head, like a whole shoulder. I was like at people's shoulders, like, oh my God, I am short. But when I walked up there, I felt like a giant. I never once felt like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm short. I'm shrinking myself. I was just like, I felt huge, larger than life coming up on that stage. And I totally wasn't. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's really cool to think about. So, and like the bumblebee, right? Nobody told them they couldn't fly. Nobody told you you couldn't be the number two in the world. Yeah. So, 
you know, interesting what your goal was. Maybe it was top 10, maybe it was top five. Hello, number two. Yeah, mm-hmm. brilliant, brilliant. Yep. So that's, that's what brilliance is really all about as well. So shining. So potential. Yes. So I'm curious, um, also about more brilliance, because that's something that I'm in my life. Now I'm in a totally different arena, being an entrepreneur, creating these courses out of thin air, running these retreats and these masterminds. And I, I, you know, the bodybuilder me taught me so much about what I'm doing now about perseverance, Uh trusting and believing. So I'm curious about more brilliance because now I'm in this new arena. Um, So, so so you're already tapping into six. So let me give you five and then we'll give you six. How about that? Okay. Okay. So number five is to be self full. Now, this is a word that my mother taught me. My mother um, suffered from some mental illness. uh, And as a child, um, she was only ever diagnosed as depressive. And Danny, it was pretty bad um, because she went through, you know, being um, committed to hospitals. Uh, She went through electroshock therapy, but yet she always taught me how to take care of myself and that I'm the only one that can take care of myself. So she said, Billy, don't be selfish. That's rude, but always be self-full. And so with being self-full, it's the art of filling your own tank. And it's just about knowing what gives you energy, what pumps you up so you can go and do what you need to do. But again, back to self-awareness, it's also about what takes energy away from you. So you can try to sort of neutralize that, just as you said, it's not about being too high or getting too low, running out of energy altogether. It's about maintaining that balance. So that that's a bit about being self full, but then number six is power your curiosity. And it's the art of finding your superhuman self about that for amazement. Right. And so it's, it's really there. What we're talking about um, in regards to powering your curiosity is, is to explore because we never know we, you know, like you only know your world, you know, your life, but you don't know anything else that's going on for anybody else. So if somebody's in a super great mood right now, well, what makes you in a super great mood? If somebody's in a really crappy mood right now, or somebody's really angry, what's making you angry? And just dialing up the curiosity, because again, when we're self-absorbed, we think that they did that to us. You tried to make me angry. Well, number one, again, remember, you can choose your emotions. Uh, And number two, they probably weren't. We just don't know what's happening for that individual right now. So let's maybe dial up some more compassion. But power up your curiosity is, is micro step six. I love micro step seven. Um, because it is the answer to Einstein's definition of insanity. Step seven is to celebrate mistakes, but I hyphenate the word. So miss hyphen takes. So Einstein defined insanity as doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah. Right. So for me, uh, you know, I, I share with people my smartphone and, you know, they often will say, well, Bill, you're on an iPhone. I'm like, mm, yeah, no, I'm on an iPhone 11. And Apple's created the iPhone 13. Could you imagine if the team at Apple never revealed or released one iPhone until they got to the iPhone 13? Like everybody else, Samsung and all the rest of Huawei, everybody else, they've tapped into the touchscreen that Apple originally created. They were the first ones to create that for the tablet, for the iPhone to start with. That might not exist. So when I say celebrate miss hyphen takes, it's what's your first take? And it won't be perfect. But then what's your second take and your third take and your fourth take? Just keep doing micro improvements Mm -hmm. to see how far you can go and celebrate every one of those. I can relate to that so much, so much, um, especially like with bodybuilding, that's like my teacher for everything. And even these courses now, if I, I started when I was like 19 in the adult ranks and I was nowhere near ready, but I started and little by little, I got better and better and celebrated each little step. And I call it like, um, basically 
getting your perfect formula. Cause some shows are your shows to learn how to pose. Some are your shows to learn how to dial it in perfectly and peak in that right condition. Some shows you learn, I, Hey, I need a new coach or I need a new division. So I'm, I love that because it's, it speaks to almost like start before you're ready and, and with the permission to evolve and do better each time. And so many people wait till they have all the perfect conditions ready and all the perfect everything. And they, they waste years of mistakes or lessons. So, um, I love that. I love number seven. I love them all. I love them all. Bill, I'm so like elated right now by your whole book and everything. It's like speaking to every part of my soul and my journey. Wow. What an honor to get that. And so I refer to that as like a psychological paycheck, if you will. Um, oh, you know, to cool. me, to me, money's fake anyway. You know, like if I need more money, I'll make more money. No big deal. Um, but uh, it, it's just so fake. But but how can we learn? Right. And, and that's the thing, like a, mis- a true mistake, like an actual mistake. It only ever happens once. Yeah. It can only ever happen once. The second time it's a choice. Mm-hmm. You knew it didn't work and you did it again. Why'd you do that? try something different, you know, back again, not to make everything about the bodybuilding, but I can kind of relate, you know, like how much protein do you need to have in your shake? What happens if you blend that with something other than water? Like, you know, like, so just try different things. What about a different grip? What about a different curl? What about, you know, so many things you can try, just keep trying different things and, and see how you can be successful. But constantly it's about learning from that experience. And that's why I don't even want to call it a mistake. It was just an experience. What did you take away from that experience? How are we going to move on? You know, as we're thinking about, you know, talking each other home, what if that path didn't work today? What if there's another path? And, and maybe we're afraid to take that path, but what if on that path, there was like the most beautiful little brook or a little, you know, pond that we could sit next to and how amazing would that be? So what's your route? What's your journey to get home? And for me, when you say home, that's into the deepest core of who I really am. What's in my heart? That's what I want to know. Yeah. You want to take the last step? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> micro step, because this is the last micro step in being brilliant. And it is step number eight, which is practice positivity, but I spell it P A U S. Oh. Take a pause. And it's the art of taking a break is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody who lives not too far from you, Susan David, lives in Boston, and she wrote an amazing book called Emotional Agility. And in that, she talks about toxic positivity, P-O-S. And, you know, you've probably experienced this. You probably got some friend, whoever, where they're kind of in denial. Like, you know, hey, how are you? Oh, everything's amazing. Everything's great. Everything's super cool. Really? Somehow I don't believe you. You're not being authentic with me. Mm -hmm. And so I say practice positivity. And what I mean by that, again, because this is all about us and our energy and our lives and living our electric life. And so with that, what I'm really talking about here in pressing positivity is um, Osho. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Osho and his Zen tarot cards, mm-hmm. um, but they're phenomenal. And one of the favorite ones for me is the card of projection. And often we go to a movie theater and, and we're watching the movie and we're looking at the screen and we think that's where the movie is. That's not actually where the movie is coming from. The movie is in the on the projector in the back, right? We're seeing a reflection on the screen. So Danny, how often have you seen somebody and you go, I love that about them. Look at how cool that is. Like, that's amazing. What you're actually probably seeing is a reflection of yourself. So it's something about yourself that you love in them or something you see in them that you actually love about yourself. 
Now, the opposite is true as well. You know, if you ever see somebody and they're being a jerk, they're being an idiot, if you will, it's probably something about yourself that you're seeing as well. Now, I learned this through my life coaches, Catherine and Jerry O'Gorman of Think Love. And um, I, I was having a crisis at one moment in time. And I was, you know, it was this friend of mine who was a complete jerk. And so I called Catherine, I'm like, they're a complete jerk. Like they're just, you wouldn't even believe what they did. And all this whole long story that I was telling myself about this. Right. And she simply said to me, well, Bill, when were you were a jerk? And I'm like, I'm not a jerk. You ask my friends. I'm a really nice guy. Everybody really likes me. And then I remembered this exchange I had in my, um, in my pharmacy, they had gone from a loyalty card that was a printed card to an app. And I'm not a Luddite, but I'm not technically gifted either. And I was so frustrated and I was such a jerk to the pharmacist. I'm like, oh crap. (laughs) I was a jerk to the pharmacist. And that's why I'm seeing this jerk in this other person because I can relate to it. So practicing positivity, Danny, is about literally pressing the pause button, rewinding that scenario and playing it from another perspective playing it from their perspective. They probably didn't do that intentionally. You know, like who wakes up in the morning intentionally to tick you off? I don't, I don't think anybody does. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, but I don't think it was intentional. So just pause. And, and again, we don't know what's going on in their world. And until we discover that, then we can maybe find out. So at any rate, so now, you, now you've paid attention and now you're brilliant. There we go. Thoughts? <laughs> so, oh, so many thoughts. Um, well, on that one, it kind of even reminded me of one of the agreements about don't take anything personally. It's just because there's, there's that because we don't know what's going on in their life and whatever project, whatever they're doing isn't necessarily against us. They're just going through their own thing. But I also love the idea that triggers are teachers. So like if somebody is triggering us in some type of way, it's reflecting something in, within us that needs to be looked at or healed or, or just maybe compassionately looked at. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So for me, there's two, just some, some languages is my own language. If you will, uh-huh. there's a difference between a charge and a trigger. Now, a charge, both of these are gifts from your ego. And when you get a charge, like you literally get angry or you're frustrated or whatever it is, that's letting you know about a wound that you have that you have not healed yet. Mm. So you you are angry, you are frustrated, you're, you know, ready to just go and do something, you know, that is not within who you really are and should be, but it pushes you there. A trigger is a beautiful gift because a trigger is something that would have been a charge before you did the work. But now triggers allow us to self-acknowledge our own personal growth. On your journey home, can you see where a month ago that might've made you really angry? You would have really given somebody, you would have gone up one side of them and down. They would have heard from Danny what she thought about that. But now a trigger is, oh, (laughs) a month ago, I would have told you today, I've healed that wound. And because here's the other thing that I've learned, Danny, as well. You've probably heard this saying as well, hurt people, hurt people. And so when you're healed, though, and you have that trigger, you don't need to go and hurt anybody anymore because you have healed from that. So thank you for reminding me about that language. Thank you for telling me. There's a a situation going on in my life right now at this moment where a couple months ago, I was charged about it. And now it's happening here and there. And I'm like, I'm triggered by it. I'm noticing it, but I'm not as charged by it. I don't want to say anything. I'm really just working through it and letting it kind of dissolve. And it's not like this big wound that I need to like call somebody about right now. So thanks for that awareness around the the two differences. That's great. 
And beautiful thing again, is you've now just demonstrated and embodied the difference between self-aware and self-absorbed. Mm. The self-absorbed person will go after and hurt that person because I, I feel hurt. So I'm going to hurt you. You want to know how this feels? I'll show you how this feels. Somebody who's self-aware, you know, you're doing your work. It was a trigger. You can acknowledge your self-growth. Namaste. Yeah. Well, namaste. It's so good. <laughs> um, I also wanted to comment on, um, okay. It wasn't selfless. It was self full, self full. That's something that I'm just now learning the huge importance of, um, coming from a place of working and serving and having clients and really loving what I do and giving, you know, answering my phone at 10, 11 at night or working till all hours and just draining. But in a way it feels like self-love because I love what I'm doing and I love what I'm posting and writing about. But on the other hand, I haven't filled my cup up. Like who's answering my phone call when I need to talk to them or me going out for a walk in nature or going to a retreat. So I'm now starting to really viscerally feel the importance of the balance between being self-full and it's not selfish. It's, it's, and it's not selfless, but it's like filling myself up and being full of my selfness. <laughs> well, and my mom took me on my very first airplane ride ever. And it is literally the old analogy of the flight attendant, right? You know, so that should there be a sudden change in cabin pressure, these masks are going to dangle in front of your face. And when you stop screaming and freaking out, because <laughs> that's never <laughs> happened to me on a plane, something tells me when that dangles in front of my face, I'm going to scream and freak out. Yeah. But the point is, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first, because if you don't, and you help the person next to you, if they need help putting on their own oxygen mask, they certainly can't help you put on your mask. So you're going to pass out from lack of oxygen. And now both of you potentially may perish. So it is critical, you know, and again, the cliche is you can't pour from an empty cup. But yeah, so so take care of you first so that you can take care of that community. You know, I'm kind of with you, though, Danny, I never work. Yes. And I'm always working. You know, because yeah. I just love what I do. Like, this is my passion. This is my life. I love it. It's a freaking amazing life. But my life is my normal. It's not everybody else's normal. But oftentimes I forget that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very privileged. I'm very lucky. Um, I got to have gratitude for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. You ready to go deep? Yeah. That's the third part. Part three is go deep. <laughs> Okay. There we go. Grab a sip of tea, do what you got to do, get ready. Um, so the first step, a micro step here is to show me you. And this is the art of SVI. SV, like Victor, I. And it begins with Salbona. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. Has anyone ever said to you Salbona? No. It's actually a Zulu greeting. And it means, I see you, therefore you exist. And, you know, there's many great things to learn about. Again, I learned that term, first of all, from Susan David, but I also had an executive coaching client who was from South Africa. And uh, so she helped me learn even more about Salbona. And again, I see you, therefore you exist. And, and I always remember this funny little story, Danny, where I started working here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada at a major intersection called Blur and Islington. And when I very first started there, uh, there was this coffee shop. And I went down and I grabbed a coffee and the server 
had her name badge on it was Allison. And Allison's my sister's name. And so whenever I'd see Allison, I'd like, hey, Allison, how you doing? And, you know, we had this amazing relationship where we would smile and laugh all the time. And we even literally cried over spilt milk. Like, I mean, literally, it's a coffee shop. So we would cry over spilt milk. And all of a sudden, about two years later, in, in my term there, she said, Bill, you know, it's my last day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Allison, where are you going? What are you doing? She's like, I'm going back to school. And so we talked a little bit about that. But then there was this little glint in her eye, Danny. And I'm like, what's up, Allison? She said, I need to tell you. The very first day you started, I came to work and I wasn't wearing my proper uniform and my boss made me put on somebody else's name badge. My name is not Allison. <laughs> Two years every day at work, I'm calling her Allison. That's not her name. Her colleagues are sort of smiling and laughing like, why does this guy keep calling you Allison? So not Allison, you know, but we had this connection. It was absolutely amazing because I treated her SVI, which is special, valued, and important. And so there's a lot of semantics that are out there. But when I'm talking about special, really, all I want to know is what makes you unique? Every one of us is unique in some way, shape, or form. So what's your uniqueness, if you will? You know, for me, some of us refer to it as, you know, I want to fly my freak flag. Well, what's your freak? Like, <laughs> what's yours? Like, go ahead and wave your freak flag. I'm good with that. Just let me know what makes you unique. Mm. The V or the valued part is that you are appreciated. And from a leadership perspective in your courses, Danny, please start trying to get people to eliminate the word thank you from their vocabulary. I think thank you is one of the biggest disservices we ever give people. Because if you listen to a manager, they'll thank whoever you are for whatever you do around here. I don't know who you are and I really don't know what you do for the company, but I was told to thank you. I actually started off my life as a banker. I thought I always wanted to be a banker. And uh, one of my branch managers literally had diarized on the 15th of every month, they would walk around the bank and thank everyone. Now their personality was about a, as dry as a cracker on toast. Like it was just like the most painful conversation you ever had with anybody. So I, I would hide from that, but I learned that thank you wasn't a good word to use. I mean, literally Danny, you can buy a greeting card with glitter and sparkles and flowers and puppies and kittens that says, thank you. It's a complete thought, period. So eliminate thank you from your vocabulary, but replace it with, I appreciate. Yeah. Think about that. Is I appreciate a complete statement? Is it a complete thought? No, it's not. It requires some kind of specificity. Mm -hmm. So what is it you appreciate? You know, I appreciate your attention to detail. I appreciate your customer focus. I appreciate your timeliness, getting the job done on time, like whatever it is. And what I believe, Danny, as well is that, those positive behaviors that you recognize are the behaviors that get repeated over and over again. Mm. And, and I don't think we appreciate people enough right now. So, so, so in go deep, the very first micro step there, step number nine is to show me you. Yeah. Love what's that. resonating for you? <laughs> um, that's what I'm going through right now is I think we talked about it earlier is like remembering who I am and seeing my own uniqueness. And it's not necessarily what I do for people, but it's me. It's how I show up in my, so right now I'm in this journey of discovering what makes me unique. And it's not about it's yeah, my essence, I guess. And so that's when you say, show me you, that's what I'm feeling right now is my uniqueness and what that might be. Absolutely. And so what's interesting about this as well is that, you know, the whole person is the body, the mind, and the passion. 
right? And now from a corporate perspective, the corporation can only pay for the body to show up. And, and most corporations probably have a way to track that and, and to look into that, right? So they know, when did you log into Outlook? When did you log into the VPN? When did you, you know, when did all of a sudden you weren't doing anything on your computer? When does it appear you shut down? Like they know when the body showed up. And, and depending on the job you might have, you might literally still clock in, right? You know, like an old punch clock, or even now we're using biogenetics to figure out, you know, your thumbprint or whatever, but they know when you showed up. So they pay for the body. I used to run a large call center here in Southwestern Ontario. And at the end of my long days, I was working like 12 plus hour days. I would get in my car at the end of the day, Danny and I do the head slap. Just like, oh, why did people do such stupid things? Well, I knew I did not hire stupid people. And I knew that I didn't keep stupid people on my payroll. But the thing is, how do you create a culture where people choose to volunteer their great ideas? And how do you create a culture where people volunteer their passion? Yes. If they're not passionate, really should they be there? And, and, and maybe they're not passionate about that task, but what are they passionate about? Maybe they're passionate about paying for, you know, the home that they love to live in. Maybe they're passionate about, you know, putting their kids through school, like whatever their passion is, always remember that. And that's what drives me that that's what, that's what, you know, again, sort of, gives me that electricity to live my life. It's the passion. That's so good. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think too about creating a passionate culture, the leader should probably be pretty passionate because if they're the ones orchestrating and they're the energy that's holding the space, that passion should probably be high. Yeah. Because the thing is that you can always tell. So, so here's, here's the interesting thing, Danny. I, I know you guys have Girl Scouts down there in the U.S. as well. And we have Girl Guides and Girl Scouts here in Canada. But um, we also have something right across the street from me called the LCBO. It's the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. And that's where we go and buy our, you know, our, our liquor and our wine and our beer. And it's also a great place to get people to sort of volunteer, donate money, if you will. So, the, so there were four girl guides standing outside of my LCBO, and they each had one box of Girl Scout cookies in their hands. And, they, and the one little girl comes up to me and says, hey, mister, you want to buy a box of cookies? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, how much for all the cookies you guys are holding? And so they did the math. It was like five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 20 bucks. And like, so I pulled the 20 in my pocket and gave it to them. And their eyes, you could just see, because I mean, this is how they pay to go to summer camp, right? And they were like so ecstatic. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. But how much would you have made if each of you were holding two boxes of cookies in your hands? And you could see them doing the math again. And I sort of disgruntled them a little bit. And I'm like, well, you know, but here's your 20 bucks. Thanks for my four boxes of cookies. I go into the LCBO. I come out and guess what I find, Danny? They have two boxes of cookies and smart kids. Good. <laughs> well, they were passionate about going to summer camp and selling their cookies. Right. And so, yeah. you know, when people are passionate now, now three of the girls were only holding two boxes of cookies, but that third girl, the fourth girl, she was somehow managing to juggle three boxes of cookies. Like she was definitely the most passionate of them all. Right. But again, you can see passion. You're absolutely right. If the leader's not passionate about the project or the activity, don't count on any of your people being passionate about it either. It's not going to happen. It just will not happen. So um, I, I know we're getting some a bit tight on time. Do you want me to rattle off the others and you can decide which ones you want to talk about? Sure, you, yeah, you yeah, tell yeah. me on your time. Okay, so micro step number 10 is to live giving. And this is the art of the hidden law of reciprocity. Now, Dr. Robert Cialdini wrote an incredible book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. And in that, there are six things that, that drive our influence, but one of them was reciprocity. And they conducted a study to see what would happen to the gratuity in a restaurant. 
Now, if the server gave the bill and there was no, no um, mint or no candy, they would get a certain gratuity, but that was it. If they gave the bill with you know, mints with the bill, it would increase the gratuity. Here's the trick. If they gave the bill with no candy and came back and apologized and gave extra candy, the gratuity dramatically would rise. So that's a bit of a manipulation, if you will, but it is proving that when you give something, other people will feel obligated to give back. But I want you to live giving, Danny. I don't want you to keep score. I don't want you to keep track. Just give the gift. You know, like, did you ever make, you know, uh, somebody, you know, an, uh, what you thought was a candy dish in, in school and later on you realize, oops, it turned into an ashtray. Um, <laughs> but yet years and years later, you found that, you know, in their room or in a drawer somewhere. It's like, so really the gift is in the giving, not in the receiving. So live giving, don't keep track, let it happen, let it happen. And then micro step number 11 is see the back row. And it's really the art of finding the hidden voice in people, if you will. And so it's just knowing what are people not necessarily letting you see. So, so again, you know, see the back row uh, is not just about the front row, but it's also realizing that the back row has an opinion and thoughts as well. And how can we draw out? Because for me, involvement breeds commitment. And the more involved people are, the more committed they will be. So that's seeing the back row. And then finally, this one, Danny blows my mind. It's cross the river. And it's the art of being true to your spirit energy, if you will. But this one begins with the story of two monks. And they're on a trek to their monastery up in the mountains. Now, they have a solemn pact that they will never touch a member of the opposite sex. So they've agreed that they will never touch a woman in their lives. And they get to this very turbulent river. And there's a little old woman that's standing there on the side of the river. And she cannot make it across. She knows she's not going to be able to cross this river. So she turns to the older monk and she says, you know, will you help me across the river? Without question or even reflection, he picks her up. He carries her across the river and he puts her down on the other side. Now, one minute goes by, two minutes go by, three minutes go by, an hour goes by, two hours go by, three hours go by as they're climbing this mountain. And finally, the younger monk turns to the older monk. He says, I cannot believe you betrayed me. How dare you break our solemn pact? You picked that woman up. You carried her. And the first monk, the older monk turns to him and he says, I put her down on the other side of the river. You've been carrying her for three hours. So this for me is really, you know, when you're carrying your spirit energy, it's do not carry other people's burdens. Mm. That's their burden. Let them have that. Maybe be present to them and let them get that burden. Let them heal from that, if you will. But protect your own power. Don't give your power to somebody else. Don't, don't allow them to make you feel anything. You choose how you feel. You choose your emotion at that moment in time. And so protect your power, take care of your power and let them carry their own burden. Wow. So in a nutshell, that's the 12 micro steps, Danny. Gosh. Pay attention, be brilliant, go deep, live your electric life. That's what it's really all about for me. That is amazing. And as we started, did you say this was for corporate world or that's how you, that's what you started to formulate this for? 
Well, yeah, because I've come from the corporate world. So, okay. so really, as I sat down, Danny, and I thought about it, this is for the cubicle warrior, if you will, you know, so those people that sit in Boston in those little teeny cubicles and do all that. But it's also for the warehouse worker at Amazon, it could even be for, you know, the surfer out there on the beach, I don't care who it is, Sam, if you're listening to us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same point in time, it goes all the way up to the president of the company, because yeah. all of these things are just really simple little stories. There's good data that's there to back up the stories, but it's just really, how have I lived my life? Because again, my life is my normal, Danny. But whenever I'm with people, I just came back from being down in Mexico. And one of the people that was with me every morning for breakfast, she's like, oh, I love your energy. I'm like, you see my energy. This is just me. This is just who I am. This is what I'm about. And so at 59 years old, my 60th tour around the sun, Danny, I wanted to leave this legacy that other people could learn from my mistakes. Uh, they could see how I was able to, you know, create. And again, this is not about plugging your phone into the wall. This is about renewable energy, Danny. So I'm talking about solar energy. I'm talking about wind energy, something that's always going to be there. So every single day you can recharge and you can live your electric life. Yeah. So and I wanted to clarify because it seems like this is a book for every single person on this planet, not just the cubicle warrior. I mean, every, I got so much out of our conversation. I can't wait for my husband to watch this. I can't wait for all of my friends to watch this because this is, um, like a really beautiful path for living. And it hits all the, all the topics and even about giving. I love giving. It's one of my favorite things to do is give. I get, if I spend all of my money, it's usually because somebody has a birthday or something like that, because I love to give, <laughs> Oh, go ahead. But even Danny, you know what? Some of the other things that I would challenge your listeners to really clue into is that you don't have to have money to give something. You talked about being in COVID and giving that smile with your eyes. Yeah. Like that's a beautiful gift, right? You know, and again, Salbona, I see you, therefore you exist. Like just acknowledging the human beings that we're with on this planet, rather than being so self-absorbed that it's all about us. There's so many free things we can give to other people. You know, I, I love the people standing in, you know, Times Square, if you will, with a t-shirt that says free hugs. It's like, dude, I'm down for that. I'll take a hug. Let my heart feel your heart beat. That's when we know we're two human beings. So yeah, yeah talking me home. Yes. And I love that every, like you put your hand on your heart. When we say home, you were like right here. So it's like the deepest part of ourselves. And in a way, this book is kind of a way to get in there. And the closer we get to home, the more we can live our electric life. And even in the, in the midst of finding our uniqueness and giving and filling ourselves up and doing all of these things, it's like that path there. And then you radiate outwards, like your electricity. Um, and I guess like, I, what is something, what, what would you like for people? What do you want to see in the world? Um, wow. Uh, maybe let me close with this little teeny story. My yeah. sister, Allie, Allison, um, she and I were a bit estranged when we were kids. She left home when she was 17. I was 14 years old. We went on our own paths and, you know, we did come back together again. Our, our mom died when I was 33. She would have been 36. Our dad passed away not that long ago. And we're so tight now, Danny, we're so close. And, you know, for Allison, her family value is regular contact. So she loves to have lots of text messages, lots of emails, um, maybe some phone calls. But for whatever reason, we're three hour time zone difference. She's on the West Coast. I'm, I'm on the East Coast with you. And we'd fallen out of contact for a bit. And then all of a sudden, her name popped up on my FaceTime as a video. 
And I answered that call instantly. And as soon as I saw her little red head pop up on the screen, I just started bawling. Danny, I was crying and crying. She's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing's wrong. I just miss you so terribly. Like, I can't believe it. I said, no, no, no. And I just, I don't know if you know what an Etch-a-Sketch is. Maybe your listeners are too too young to know what an Etch-a-Sketch is. Google it. Um, and, and so the thing is, I just like, no, I choose to be happy. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to laugh and have joy. And so if I could ask for anything from your listeners, it's just no matter how bad things are going on in the world right now, no matter how terrible things may be in the Ukraine, um, you know, wherever else in the world, human rights, Roe versus Wade is going on with you guys right now in the United States. And we're questioning what's happening down there, but just choose to be happy. And see what happens when you share and spread that happiness around. And again, I'm not talking about toxic positivity, because again, without my bad days, my good days don't look good. But if I could just get people to acknowledge and appreciate, even if it's just for a moment every day, some bit of happiness, if I could give them a little bit of electric life, oh man, that's a legacy I want to live. It's so nice. Um... And do you do any kind of coaching or what, how can people get in touch with you or like work with you or get your book? Like, tell me like a little bit more about what you do outside of podcasting. <laughs> hey, I, and I'm loving this. This is all brand new for me that I think you're, I'm, I'm probably less than 10 podcasts. So I'll get some feedback from you later, oh. but um, the thing is for me, so, so billgwilliams.com, uh, William Grant Williams is my full legal name, um, but billgwilliams.com on the website, they'll be able to get a link to me. Um, they can follow me on socials and otherwise, you know, they can read the book one thing, uh, but yes, I do executive coaching. Um, I also, um, do public speaking. So I speak about the book and some other topics as well. And I do run a small leadership development boutique firm called the B4 group. And so if there's any way I can help your listeners in, in any way, shape or form, um, I would be thrilled, thrilled, absolutely thrilled for that. So yeah, wow. billgwilliams.com. BillGWilliams.com. And I'll put a link to that and we'll link the book. We'll link all the, all the ways that people can find you easily in the description and stuff like that. You're amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Did we just become best friends? I think we did. Yes. I'm coming down to P-Town this summer. So come on down the coast. <laughs> Let me know, please. <laughs> for sure, daddy. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bill, thank you for your work that you do in the world. Thank you for your positive, vibrant, radiant energy. This has been so lovely. And I wish I could talk to you for hours and hours because it feels like I just met a kindred spirit. And so many of the things that we talked about today just ticked all the boxes for me. So, um, oh my gosh, I just, I want to say like, namaste. Like I see you, I appreciate you. And thank you for coming on my podcast and gracing us with your wisdom and your book stuff. I love it. I absolutely love it. My pleasure. Anytime you need help in any way, shape or form, no matter how small, no matter how big, always give people the opportunity to say no. And so please reach out. You know how to get me. Track me down, billgwilliams.com. And I will say yes in every possibility. So long as I'm maintaining my self fullness, um, I'll be here for you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Bill and everybody listening and watching. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Um, I'll see you on the next one and I appreciate and love you all. Peace. Stay.